Jesus' name. I feel a word for y'all today. Somebody say water walkers. I feel like water walkers today. And God's going to bless in this service. Matthew chapter 14, 22 for your reading today. If you have a Bible or whatever you use to read the word of the Lord, you can look at that now. Bring that up. Matthew 14, 22. If you're a guest today, thank you for being here. You've come to a great church. You've come to a church that's not perfect, but a place that God has his hand on us. And he is taking us to perfection every day, every service. We're trying to be more like him. If you're watching online, thank you for watching online. We hope this blesses you. And we're excited about the future. And y'all, I can't even, I, I'm having a hard time holding back on vision because there's so much vision and so many plans we have for our church that would just blow your mind. I'm excited about, about this new year. I'm excited about what God's going to do. And I'm not afraid. I'm not scared one bit. I believe God has a great plan for our church. And I believe that he wants you to be a part of it. So I'm trying to hold back. Let's just get the revival and we'll talk about the vision for this year and what God's going to do and what God is all setting up at our church. Water walkers, Matthew 14, 22, here is the word of the Lord. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Who sent them? Anybody know? Who sent them? Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Who sent them? That's important, y'all. That's important to remember that. Remember, remember who got them in this mess. Jesus did. And he sent them away, sent the multitudes away, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. And the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. Who sent him there? And the boat that he sent him on is now tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And Jesus sent him there. Now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they did not shout out oh good jesus is here it's so exciting we're going to be saved they were afraid they said it's probably a ghost like some of y'all that watch horror movies out there y'all think everything's out to kill you could even be good and you're scared of it and so they were scared they said it's a ghost they cried out for fear because you know when things are bad you think things are going to get worse I mean, that's a bad day whenever you got a storm and a ghost. That's a pretty, that's pretty rough day right there. But when you're scared and you're emotional, you see things that aren't really there. You don't really know what you see. And so they thought that it was a ghost and they were afraid that maybe the ghost was coming to take them away. They were going to die. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, listen to what the ghost said. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Notice he did not say, it's Jesus. He said, do not be afraid. It's me. Do not be afraid, it's me. Do not be afraid, be of good cheer, it's me. That I would have said, it's me, Jesus. That would have helped a lot. But he wanted them to figure it out for themselves. That the only reason you should not be afraid, the only voice you feel that says fear not is Jesus. If you don't know who it is in the storm, but you feel like something's saying don't be afraid, I'm telling you, he's with you. He is there and he knows and he even sent you. So he said, it's okay, fear not. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, because we don't know, we assume it's you, if it's you, command me. Everybody say, command me. 
That's a, that's a strong word. Not suggest, but command. Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Just one word gave Peter the ability to come down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was so boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he made a mistake, and his faith failed, and he began to sink in that storm. And as he began to sink, before the audience of the 11 friends he left in the boat, he began to sink. Jesus saved him. He cried out, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and Jesus saves him. As he began to sink in the storm, he caught him and he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You were doing so good. Why did you doubt? And then when they got into the boat, the wind stops. And then those who were in the boat came and they worshiped Jesus saying, truly you are the Son of God. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Isn't that an awesome story? There's a lot there, and I can't wait to talk about it. You can be seated today in Jesus' name. Once again, we're glad you're here. At the end of our service, we're going to try to pray and believe God's going to answer and move in our lives, so please don't leave. And uh, I know some pastors will greet you at the back of the door, but this pastor would like to pray with you at the front of the church. Because I feel like that's a little bit more important than getting a handshake from a preacher is getting a contact with the Lord. So if you want to hang out with Pastor Green, please meet us at the end of service right up here at the front. And we're going to pray and God's going to change your life. Looking forward to it. Somebody say water walkers. It was normal to stay in the boat during a storm back in, back in the day. It's probably still normal now. I don't know many people that say, oh, look, there's a wind, there's a wave. Let's jump out of the boat and just try to make it on our own. I don't think it's uh, odd that they were hunkered down in the boat during the storm. The boat was built to float. The boat was built for the difficulty of life. And this boat is much more than a boat, but it's a symbol of their comfort zone. For you and I today, it's a symbol of the place that we built, the place that we rely on, the thing that we, the tool that we need to make it through the storms of life is made with man's hands. And in this story and this storm, it's about thinking, do I want to take my chances with the things that are natural, or do I want to take a step into the supernatural? That's what's happening in this story. And the story is about God interrupting their normal with a new normal. And that's what we need in this hour. We need a new normal because their normal wasn't enough. Normal's not going to be good enough, especially for the day that we're living in. Normal is not good enough. You can't just be normal during COVID. You need something else to get you through the difficulties of this life. You can't just keep normal because normal will not keep you afloat in the storms of life. You need something greater than normal, something more than what everybody else does because hunkering down in a boat in 2022 doesn't work. It does not work. What is normal? Pastor, normal is being angry. Normal is being bitter all the time. Normal is being jealous. Normal is being broken. Normal is being mentally unstable. Normal is being culturally relevant. They wear it, you wear it. You're normal. They do it, you do it. Because you're just normal. You're doing what they do. If they're scared, you're scared. If they agree, well, we agree because we want to be normal. Oh, if they disagree, we stop doing it because we want to fit in. We want normal. It's the, it's the condition of every one of us to not want to step out into the unknown because we just want to fit in. We just want to do what everybody else does because it looks like they know what's right. Because the majority says stay in the boat. We assume it must be right. But that's not the Christian way. That's not the Jesus way. We don't do what everybody else does. We, we look to Jesus. 
in the times of the storm. And oftentimes what Jesus wants us to do is going to call us to a place where we have to leave normal behind. And that's okay. Because the best and the greatest moments with our walk with God come on the other side of normal, safe, comfort zones. Our hope should never be placed in anything in this world. Nothing made with man's hands should ever be the thing that we lean on. We should never get so attached to the things we've built to save us. There is nothing built by man. There is not a smart man in the world that could ever make something that will rescue you from the storms of life. And that's why a ghostly figure appears to them in the storm. Because there's nothing explainable that can fix what you're in right now. There's nothing normal that can help you through the storms of life. There's nothing that you can explain or think or, or talk about that you can address in a way that would make Make any sense at all there's a ghostly figure on the horizon and at first it is scary let's just be honest it's scary people that don't think Jesus is scary at first you've never met him he's a little scary at first you've never met anybody like Jesus and and you get a little bit worried you get a little bit scared and as this ghostly figure begins to approach in the storm they are scared and before we judge them you have to realize that that, that we would probably be scared too because we're in the moments of storm and darkness. Uh, you, you don't really expect uh, to see something like Jesus walking on the water. It, it's so new. It's so strange. He's never done it before. He's never done it before. And that's what happens. We just go ahead and discount it. We go ahead and say, you know what? It's probably something like, like the reaper coming to kill us tonight. Uh, not only will we drown, but he will make sure that we drown. And, and they begin to imagine they begin to imagine that this is the end. Yeah. They literally were afraid of their own salvation. Now, now, how many people have I tried to help and Jesus tried to help that when you first reach out, they're scared? Yeah. It's like, what? What is this, this church? What is this man preaching about? It, it sounds like something I've never heard of before. It sounds so strange. It sounds so weird. I, I see a glimpse of it, but I don't really know what's happening. All I know is I'm scared. I'm worried. It's dark. It's raining. And I don't trust this boat. And, and they're literally afraid. But what is interesting to me is they're afraid of the one who came to save them. Don't ever be afraid of the one that came to save you. It might not look like salvation, but it sounds like salvation. Y'all catching that? They didn't understand what they saw, but one of them understood what they heard. Salvation is more what you hear than what you see. You know, people will, will mark off the church and they'll mark off Jesus just off first glances. We, we've had people over the years who invited to church. In fact, one time I was in Dallas, a community car wash. And we were, invite, we were washing cars, inviting people to church, and we had this one wonderful family come by. We washed their beautiful SUV, and uh, she was like, uh, so I want to come to church, but I'm just curious, you know, what's the dress code? What, do I have to wear certain clothes if I come there? You know, I noticed you've got some ladies out here that are wearing a dress. Do I have to wear a dress in order to come to church? And I'm thinking, that's the first thing you want to know about our church? You might not fit in real good around here if you're worried about something like that in the beginning. 
But you know the difference for that lady? She never came. She never came. We told her, come as you are, who cares? Wear what you want to wear. Just wear clothes. <laughs> That's what we told her, just wear some clothes. And, and you can go out and come on to church. She never came to church because she had already made up her mind this, was, this church wasn't for her. But you know why? Because her boat wasn't sinking. Because you don't care what you got to wear when you're sinking. You don't talk about stuff like that when your life is, is about to fall apart. You know, people, people say, you gotta, you got to do everything the world wants you to do so that you can win them. You have to compromise your beliefs so that you can win the world. That's what they tell us. They tell us pastors in training classes, you read the books, they say, Pastor, let go of all the things that make people change so that you'll get more people in your church. But whenever you do that and you say, come on, everybody, don't change, come on in, you don't have to change one thing, sweetheart. You appeal to people that are not in storms. You appeal to people that don't have a bad day, everything's fine, they don't need a savior because they don't think they're lost. But Jesus said, I did not come for the whole, I came for the broken. I came for those that are going through storms of life. Jesus said, if I can help somebody, it's somebody that's having a tough time. Someone that knows they're lost. Someone that knows they're broken. So you know what, it does not make me scared. It does not make me insecure that people look at our church and wonder if they fit here. Because you won't find salvation off of a look. You'll find salvation off of a, off of a word. And if you would stop looking at the Pentecostal church long enough, you'd hear us. And nobody got a message like we have. Ain't nobody got a word like we have. Nobody's got the gospel like we do. Nobody's got a cleaner, more pure version of the truth and the doctrine than we do. But so many people won't come because they judge us by looks. They're scared of what they'll have to change in order to hear the word. But when you're going through a storm and you're having a bad day, you'll come to the Pentecostal church. Nobody wants to go to Pentecostal church until they have a storm. Nobody wants to come up in here and be a member until they're going through all hell. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to give in until they realize they have no other options. And then all the other denominations finally start to try us out. Because if you can be saved an easier way, you do. Everybody does. You're looking for the easiest path that looks the least scary. But when you're really broken and you're really hurt, listen to me today. When you're really going through the storm, you don't care what it looks like. You just want out. So that's what's happening. They're scared of their own salvation, and they're worried about it. And, I, and I'll admit, the calling to step out of darkness and to walk with Jesus Christ, it can be very overwhelming. And we got to give people a little bit of credit. It's a little bit, it's a little bit tough when you're in the storms of life, and you don't understand everything you see. It's a little bit tough, but as the people of God, we have to resist the urge to be more visually attractive to people who are not sinking. Because a lot of people are trying to be uh, 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 seeker-friendly. But, but no, you're not seeker-friendly. You're, you're, you're comfortable-friendly. You're trying to reach people that don't want God. And this gospel doesn't work on people that don't want God. 
and this church doesn't work on people that aren't going through a storm and this Jesus is irrelevant to people who don't have a problem and so I am not here to try to stimulate and attract people in the world that don't need a savior I've come to preach to the lost to the broken I've come to preach to people who don't care what you look like or what you've got to do or what you've got to give up when you're at the bottom of life you'll change anything to be saved if you don't want to change you're not broken you're not ready you're not hungry so so I encourage you today if you're scared of the way we look listen to what we say fall in love with what we say close your eyes watching me preach and hear the word today because the word will draw you out of your sinking situation and it will save you right now and forget about what you see because your eyes can deceive you you can misjudge this thing but if you'll just listen to the message today it says fear not be not afraid and be of good cheer there is one that is supernatural that you don't understand it all you don't know what you're looking at but there is one that is here to save you and your savior loves you he's here to rescue you and yes it looks scary sometimes how many of you would admit that when you first came to church it looked a little bit scary you were like I don't know why those people are running those aisles I don't know why those folks are talking like that I don't know why they're putting their hands on other people's foreheads I've never seen it like this before it looks crazy I think I'm gonna go down the road to a church that's normal because that's what everybody else does because that's what we do we flock to normal we flock and we, we do what everybody else does in the times of life because we think it's going to help us. It hadn't helped them. What, what do you got here at AFC? You got a big crowd? No, not, not the biggest crowd. But we've got people that have come through storms. Now, if that's you and you're watching online, or if you're here today and you're listening to me in this place, if that's you, you've come to the right place. Because we can offer you much more than a good boat. We can offer you a Savior that will save you in the storms of life, uh, and He can get you up and out, uh, because this church is full of stories uh, and testimonies of people that religion didn't work, uh, and people didn't work. Uh, it had to be something supernatural to, to save them out of the hole that they were sinking in. And almost every church I, I find now trying to, trying to grow their church, almost every one of every guru out there is trying to put the most, most straight teeth, beautiful people out there on their promotions and out in the front door. They're trying to get everybody looking good. And, and what they're doing, they don't even realize it, they're changing the bread of life into the cake of confusion. They're trying to make this thing like the bread of life. You're not supposed to taste good. You're supposed to sustain. I don't want cake when I come to church. I want bread. I want nutrients. I want something that lasts, that'll get me through. And they're turning the bread of life into something like a dessert. Jesus didn't say I'm the cake of life. He said I'm the bread of life. It don't always taste as good as other churches. But it'll, it'll take you further. Sweet bread only attracts the satisfied. Sweet bread only attracts the satisfied. And churches that offer sweet bread don't get hurting people. You, you don't even relate to me. Some churches look so beautiful these days, you do, if you're hurting, going through a storm, you don't think you fit in. In fact, a lot of, a lot of those churches are fake because the people that go in, they, they can't reveal they're going through a hard time. They have to act like they're as pretty as everybody else in the church. 
But thank God we have a culture here that says come in truly as you are. Don't, that doesn't mean come in with your pants or your skirt. That means come in broken and reveal your broken. That means you won't be judged for seeking. It means you won't be judged for having a storm. That's what that phrase should really mean. Come in as you are. That means come in here and reveal you're going through a storm and we won't judge you. We've been there. That's what that phrase should mean. But the world has made it to seem come in the way you look. And I say, who cares what you look like? Come in, come in open. In fact, don't, don't come as you are. Come hungry. Don't come as you are. Come broken. Don't come in here full. All I'll do is make you mad if you come in this church full. Come in here as you are. I don't like that. I don't like the new cool phrases these churches have. Why don't you get in the Bible before you come up with a cool phrase for your church? Welcome home. What is that one? Yeah, 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 I know. That's a, that's a good one. But I, I think about these phrases. All these churches have these cool, and I'm like, welcome home. Welcome home. You ain't never been here before. That's like a prodigal message. That's for the backsliders, you know? We have got to make sure we're biblical here because we're trying to be so catchy and so trendy. And God help us at Austin First Church. We are here for broken and busted people, not for whole people. Well, Pastor, I guess I don't know why I'm here. I don't have life that bad to help broken people. I'm sorry, I don't fit in here. I don't really have a lot of issues. Maybe God called you here because you can help somebody else get out of their storm. Maybe your life's not bad, and thank God not everybody's just sinking right now, but you might be here because you were called to people like that. So it happens to be Peter. Now we, we move on. He desires to leave the boat and seek Jesus, and, and Peter is a fisherman. He spent most of his life on the water. I want to show you something the Lord showed me. The, the move to Jesus is not an emotional, ignorant, farmer, redneck move. Some people think that people who step out of the boat are too stupid to know better. And I got a word for someone right now. He was a professional at the water. Let it sink in, y'all. No pun intended. Let it sink in. Well, that was an emotional decision. He, he, he did it because he was emotional. This man knows boats. This man knows storms. He's been raised on the water. And this man still chooses to go to Jesus. Do not tell me I'm an ignorant redneck from East Texas that don't know any better, not college educated, and that's the reason why I'm a Christian. I know life. I've been in this life my whole life. I know storms, and I know that I'm not going to make it in this boat, in this storm. This is not an emotional decision. This is a very logical decision. I am stepping out of the natural, not because I'm stupid, not because I'm emotional, but because I know boats, and this boat will not float. Who am I talking to right now that you've been ashamed to be a, a Christian, but we're not told to be ashamed of the gospel. We're not told to be ashamed of the gospel. We're not backwoods ignorant people just because we serve Jesus. We're not weirdos for chasing ghosts. You know what? Your storm will get so bad one day, you'll, you'll want to talk to ghosts too. Don't call us crazy. You ain't never had a storm before. Don't call me crazy. You ain't never hit rock bottom before. You ain't never had a bad night before. It'll make you look for ghosts in the darkness. It'll make you th see things you never saw before. 
So don't you ever let anybody tell you, because you're a Christian, that you're a nobody and nothing, and you did it in an emotional decision. You did not do it emotionally. You processed it, just like I did. You processed your life. You added up your money, you added up your relationships, and you're a professional at what you do, and you realize very quickly that this will not keep me up. This is not just something that you did in a whim. This is a choice you made, and don't ever go back on that choice. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him tell you that you just did that when you were going through a storm. It wasn't just the storm. It was the logic of the storm. This was his profession. Don't you ever go back. Yeah. World calls it crazy, people like us. Bible calls it faith. I want you to know today that Jesus floats better than your boat. Jesus will always float better than your boat. Jesus will always be the safer option in the midst of the storm. It's, it's safer to walk with Jesus in the storm than to stay in your boat. I would rather be in the waves closer to the enemy if it brings me closer to the Savior. I would rather be in the midst of all that pain out of my comfort zone if it means I can be one step closer to Jesus. Jesus floats better than the boat. Do you know why Jesus didn't make it very clear that he wasn't a ghost? He could have. He could have said, hey, it's me, Jesus. But, but he knew they would be afraid of what they saw. Why would he allow this? Well, the Lord spoke to me and said to separate the lookers from the listeners. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. This is the reason why Jesus doesn't always show you everything. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to someone right now. This is the reason why sometimes the Lord doesn't always reveal it with your eyes. This is why sometimes all you get is a word and you can't see what you want to see. But that word is enough for you. Listen to me. Faith does not come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by what you hear in the storm, not by what you see in the storm. So close your eyes and open your ears and listen for the voice of the one that's walking on the water because there is hope in your storm that you cannot see. But if you'll listen, you can hear it. If you listen, you'll hear a God say, it's okay. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. I am here. How many of y'all can testify and tell me that you didn't know what you saw, but you knew what you heard? And it's just because you heard it that it got you through. Every time you looked up, all you saw was death and darkness and waves. But when you listen, you heard everything's going to be all right. That's what Christians do. That's how we walk through storms. That's how we walk on water. We don't know what we see, but we know what we hear. And what you hear will never, ever deceive you. What you hear will not deceive you. When you can't see or figure out what you see. Here, here's what happens in the storm. Carnality, flesh, selfishness has to see it to believe it. But spirituality just has to hear it. That's how you can have somebody never, never have a miracle and I could preach on it and you could have a miracle. Because the word produces the faith. Hearing produces the faith that creates enough of a launch to see it come to pass. Don't ever forget this. Seeing comes after faith after you'll see it clearly in the end not in the beginning but you have to hear from God be careful today if you have to have things look right I'm gonna warn you even the devil can appear as an angel of light to the visual stunning people out there who love looks some of y'all say I'm a visual learner be careful you can learn some bad things with your eyes 
You can see things that aren't correct. You can be deceived by these eyes, and that's why you've got to get your face in the Word of God, and you've got to tune your ear to the Spirit, what it has to say, because your eyes will quickly deceive you. You'll never find the faith to walk through the storm with your sight. Never. Your eyes will tell you it's too bad, it's too dark, and you will not make it. It will never look good enough to trust in Jesus and step into the supernatural realm. It will never look right. But listen, listen, and listen. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me. If it's you, call me. So while others just sat there awaiting their fate, maybe we'll live, maybe we'll die, I don't know. Peter said, I want out. I want out. It's amazing how many people would rather sink in their ability than choose to walk with Jesus. In my ability, at best, I'll give it a good fight and still drown. But I can walk with one who can keep me afloat. It's a sad thing to see brilliant people who think they can make it on their own struggle to keep their head above water. When all you've got to do is choose to get out of your comfort zone and rise above. And he says, just say the word and I'll come. Just say the word and I'll go. Call me to go where you are, to walk like you, to be like you. I love the logic that he has. He's saying, I'm willing to go, but I can't go unless you tell me to go. You see, anything that Jesus calls you to do, you can do, no matter how impossible. It's literally permission for the impossible. I love how he said, I want it, but you have to want it too. I want to walk on water, I want to go to you, but I can't go if you don't let me because this is beyond my realm. I can only do natural things. I can build boats, I can sit in boats, I can, I can try to float, I can try to swim, but I can't walk on water. This is beyond my ability and the only way I'll be able to walk on water is if you give me permission to do the impossible. No matter what it looks like, my ears are open, I'm waiting on just one word. If you say come, I'm out of the boat, I'm going. Listen to me, the same God that spoke worlds into existence can make your feet float on top of the waves. If he says it, it will come to pass. No matter how impossible, you just need to hear him say come. No matter what it seems like or looks like, when you get permission from Jesus, it shall come to pass. And I hope I can encourage you and tell you that anything that God calls you to, He will take you through. Anything that God calls you to, He'll take you through. When God calls you to, to go to a certain church like ours, He will take you through it. Maybe, maybe you didn't hear from God when you first came. That's probably your problem, but when God calls you to it, he'll take you through it. Well, God brought me here, and I don't know if I like it as much as I thought I would. Well, you need to stay, because maybe God's trying to work something out of you. Should we all quit when we have a bad day? No, that's not how it works. We keep fighting because God called us to it. He'll take us through it. Anything that Jesus tells you you can do, you can do. You just got to hear his voice. Speak and say, let's go forward. Sometimes the distance between where you are and where you want to go can be very scary. I agree with you. But when you hear Jesus say, come, get up out of that sinking 
ship and get out there to where Jesus is because that water underneath your feet will hold you. You will begin to walk in the supernatural. You'll begin to do what you didn't think that you could do. All because he said you could. Even when your friends won't follow you. Answer the call. That's another, that's another part of this story that I want to make sure we understand is that the 11 friends did not follow Peter. Yeah. Peter leaves his closest 11 friends in the whole wide world behind. That's so rude of you, Peter. Don't you love your friends? Aren't you a loving preacher? Why would you leave your friends in the storm? That kind of seems like he ditched them, you know. Hey, sorry, y'all. I'm out. <laughs> Bailing out. Y'all just go ahead and take care of you. I mean, it's a storm, right? The last thing you want to see is your, your best swimmer. <laughs> it's like, peace, I'm out. And the other 11 are like, okay, so do we jump in too? Do we follow? What do we do? It can be a little bit frightening whenever Peter, the rambunctious, adventurous t- type, says, I'm out of here. You guys fend for yourselves. But listen, your 11 friends are not worth you missing the will of God. Your 11 friends are not worth it. It could be all the friends you have in the world, and they're not worth you, you missing out on the will of God for your life. There's something here that I want to bring up to you. It's very, very important that we see this. Before Peter ever preached the day of Pentecost, before he ever got to that, that great place of standing up, and the Bible says that the 11 stood up with him on the day of Pentecost and they supported him. Before the 11 ever stood up with him on the day of Pentecost and supported his message, he had to first learn how to leave that same 11. Because you'll never earn the respect of the 11 by letting them hold you back. That's why you can't be with your family to win your family. Y'all hear me? That's why you can't be like the world to win the world. You have to be willing to step out of their boat. I feel the Lord speaking right now in this place. You have to be willing to step out of the boat. Watch this. Because out of the boat, you can make contact to something that you can bring back to the boat. Peter got out of the boat, left his friends hanging. It seemed like he was selfish, and I'm sure if it's your family and you're becoming a Christian, they'll probably dog you for it. And they're going to call you selfish and say you don't care about nobody but you, you and your Jesus. But what they don't realize is when Peter finds Jesus, Jesus comes back to the boat. What if this is not just about you? What if this is about you finding something supernatural and taking it back to them? For the Bible says that the storm did not stop until they got back to the boat. So while you're having your cool time in the supernatural, some of y'all that love your walk with Jesus, just me and Jesus got our own thing going, don't forget that Jesus wants to go back to the boat. <laughs> don't forget while you're out there walking on water and be like, hop five, Jesus is awesome. Wow, it's supernatural. Don't forget there's still a storm for the other 11. Don't forget that while you're having a good time running the aisles and having a good time shouting, having a good time going to church, don't forget that all that supernatural stuff, it has more of a purpose than just you walking on water. But there are 11 people scared to death 
of the storms of life. And their storm won't stop until you get Jesus back to the boat. And the Bible says, they worshiped Jesus. Now, there were two that day walking on water. There was the great man of God, Peter, who had the faith to walk on water. And then there was Jesus. And the Bible does not say when they got back that they high-fived Peter and said, how'd you do it? But the Bible says that they bowed before Jesus. Two looked like superstars. Only one got the credit. Do you know why only Jesus got the credit? Because the other 11 got to see Peter fall and get back up. You know the reason why some people get done meeting Peter and worship Peter? Because there are ministers and ministries out there that won't ever let them see that we're human. And the only reason we're still standing is because Jesus grabbed us when we were falling. The power of the moment uh, is not just that he walked on water, but that his friends saw him sink under the pressure of the supernatural. But he did not die. He did not drown. There was another out there. The one that deserves all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. The one that deserves to be worshipped as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not the man in the pulpit. But the Jesus that holds the hand of the man in the pulpit is the one that the church needs to fall in love with. The man that wouldn't be here if it had not been for Jesus in the storms of life. When we get done with the supernatural, we need to be able to worship Jesus. He's the reason. He's the king. He's the one, not a man. We are just flawed men except for the grace of God, Except for him lifting us up. If you really want to bless your 11 friends, don't hide your struggle. If you really want to help this world, then bring Jesus back and make sure he gets all the credit for why you walked on the water and how you survived the journey. If you really want to change the world, make sure it's all about him at the end of your storm and not you. We get no credit for coming through our storms. We get no credit for going through our storms. We're only here because of Jesus. We've only made it because he kept us. Don't be afraid of the moments when you almost didn't make it. Because if you almost didn't make it, then you just barely didn't make it. And it's all because of him. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because the Lord lifted me up. They saw Peter fall and they saw Jesus lift him up. Got back to the boat. The other 11 are bowing down. They're worshiping. Because you know what? Not everybody has to go through that storm like you did. Not everybody has to walk on water like you to have the results of it. Sometimes this storm is not even about you at all. It's about the 11 who are scared to death. And you've got to walk in that supernatural. And you've got to find your way back. And you get Jesus there as fast as you can. But you make sure that you don't cover up the fact that you're not the reason you walked on water. He's the reason I walked on water. Why, why did he fail? Here's why he failed. Because Jesus is the only way to stay above water. 
He's the only one that deserves the honor and the credit for what he's done in our lives. This is not because of us. It's not because of our goodness. It's not because we're great. It's not because we have skills. It's because he is a faithful God who reaches down at the right time, at the right moment, and he lifts us up. Somebody say water walkers. The Lord told me to come in this service today and encourage somebody because we've got people in this church that you need permission for something that's going to happen this year and you're scared and you don't know what it looks like and I'm with you. I can't see everything either but I hear something. And we got to go off that voice because God's going to call us to do amazing things. It's going to be because we rely on him, because we hear him and not because we can't see it. I can't see how we're going to do a lot of things but I hear something. I hear a voice. I hear a voice for you and your family. I hear a voice saying, come up out, uh, come on in. I hear a voice. God is going to work this year in the name of Jesus. He's going to do things that we can't see it. Uh, we can't see it. Uh, it doesn't add up physically. The, the math does not work. Uh, but I hear a voice uh, saying, come. I hear a voice saying, let's go. I hear a voice saying, doesn't matter what you've seen before. This is going to be a new thing, a new normal in the name of Jesus. I can almost see repentance, baptism, and the Holy Ghost in this story. I can almost see repentance when Peter said, I want to get out, but I can't. That's repentance. Repentance is when you turn to God, but you don't have the power to walk. And I almost see baptism in the sinking. That place where the old man dies and the new man comes up. And I see the Holy Ghost in walking with Jesus. Taking him back to your home taking him back to your city, back to your family. The Lord is trying to speak to our church for this year right now, that this year we will have to operate on what he is saying and not what we see. We will have to operate on his permission and not what seems like will work or not work. That does not matter to me. What matters to me is if God says it, we must go. Even if it hurts, even if it's scary, we must go. Because something big will come from that moment. Something powerful, something supernatural will take place in that moment. If he says go, we must go. If he says come, we must come. God has something special for us. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do in this year. Can we stand to our feet right now and prepare our hearts in the name of Jesus? I don't know what you're afraid of today, but do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of your Savior. There's a lot of fear that people have of reacting to God in church. Do not be afraid. Stop looking around and get your, get your ears right. You want to respond the right way? Get your eyes off everybody else in church and get your ears right. You want to have something supernatural happen in the service today before you leave? Then get your eyes off everybody else and what you think they're thinking and get your eyes on Jesus. Get on the edge of your comfort zone and be willing to come out of it. Because when you're willing to come out of it, uh, you'll feel something in, out there say, come on out. It'll be supernatural. It'll be beyond you. You'll know it's not your idea. It's his idea. And you will have the power to step out of the thing that's had you bound. You'll have the power to step out of the thing that you're so comfortable in. This is our year. This is our moment in the name of Jesus. God is going to take us to a new place. I believe it. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. Can we lift up our hands and love him together right now?
Lord, we're praying and we're stirring and we're talking to you and we're thinking right now, what do you want to do in this place? Uh, because there's things I have not seen yet, but I hear you. I hear you speaking. I hear you talking. I can feel your voice in this place, in this church. Uh, there's great vision. There's great potential. There's things on the horizon. There's, thing, there's things stirring. I know it's easy to be afraid in these moments, uh, but I hear a voice. Uh, I hear a voice. Uh, I hear a voice. Uh, I wish I could see more, but I can't. Uh, but I hear a voice. Uh, I, I want to get up. I want to quit, but I hear a voice the voice is saying come the voice is saying come are you sure Jesus that's a big wave but the voice says come are you sure Jesus that's a lot of waves and wind what if I die but the voice says come will you trust the voice this year will you trust the voice right now in this service trust the voice I will trade wise for obedient all day long I will, I, will try, I will trade it in all day long. God, we don't want smart people at our church. Uh, we want obedient people. We want people that can hear. Oh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. I want to hear you, God, because what you call me to, you will call me through. Come on, you can't help anybody you're not willing to leave behind. Listen to me, Dad. You have to be willing to separate yourself from your family long enough to get Jesus back in your home. Your wife and your kids may not want it, but that doesn't mean anything. You have to be willing, before they stand with you in ministry, you have to be willing to leave them for Jesus. You're not losing your family. The devil's a liar. You're not losing anything. You're gaining Jesus. And when you gain Jesus, you gain all the hope you're looking for. You gain potential to save everyone in your house. Everybody in your boat needs Jesus. Today, right now, if just a few people would step out of their comfort zone, you could find something so supernatural and great, you can take something home with you, take something to your job and to your world, but we got to leave the crowd, leave the comfort, leave the things made with man's hands so that we can go back and rescue people, not us, but our walk with God. Leave our family, leave our peers. They'll hold us back, but Jesus is calling us individually. Jesus is calling us right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray over our church. God, let us respond. I pray those who hear the word and those who are ready to respond will step out of where they are and will come down to this front, lifting up hands and lifting up faith, bowing down in submission, hearing a voice but not seeing everything clearly. Fear not, I say to you. Fear not. Fear not, for he speaks. What God says, he will make a way out of no way. Over your family, you've tried the boat, but the boat's not working. You've tried money, but money won't work. You've tried to handle it on your own, but it's not working. You're still taking on water. Who am I talking to? You're still taking on water because you're doing what everybody else does in your storm. You're copying your friends and family. Oh, God, we need you today. Oh, God. Oh, God, I hear you, Lord. Oh, God, I hear your call today, Jesus. I hear your call, Jesus. I hear your voice, God. I feel you calling me. I don't know what I see, but I know what I hear. 
I don't know what I'm looking at right now in that church, but I know that you're near, Jesus. Fear not, the Lord is telling somebody, fear not. He's telling somebody, fear not. We're water walkers, fear not. In the midst of the storm, fear not. There is an answer, a solution. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus. Jesus be the center of it all. Come on, every heart open. It's worship time. From beginning to It's worship time. It will always be. We fall, we get back up, and we worship. And we worship. And we worship. Center of it all. 